Hey everybody, I cannot wait to share today's episode with you. For this episode, we interviewed Jonathan Eppers, the founder of Vibes, a line of functional wellness beverages that are sold across the U.S. We talk about the three things Jonathan attributes to his success and how taking better care of himself helped him through one of the most difficult times of his life. Welcome to Unstrictly Business, a podcast where we interview business owners about everything that helps them succeed from business advice to self-care and everything in between. I'm your host, Callie, and each week we'll share a new episode with behind-the-scenes content that reveals what it's really like to run a successful business. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast with me today. I'm really excited to talk to you. Um, I feel like you have a lot of things to share and I'm drinking a vibe drink right now. Oh nice. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> it's literally at the end of my block there's a corner shop and me and my roommate are like obsessed with your drinks. And when, in Richmond, Virginia. Okay. And I like read the manifesto on the back and it just felt like so in line with everything that we're doing at Duval Department. We're like I don't know, uh, like a holistic business community. So we offer business coaching, but also wellness coaching so that entrepreneurs can kind of learn to take better care of themselves and their business at the same time. So for Unstrictly Business, we want to talk with entrepreneurs who understand the power of self-care. And from learning about you more, I was like, I have to talk to Jonathan. And so I'm so happy you're here with us. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm honestly like, I get like a kind of like a fan when people reach out that like find vibes and want to talk to me about vibes and like, you know, a vibe is for like a child and um, my child, I guess, in a way, but it's also the child of like everyone that I work with that's in part helping bring us to life. And um, so I, I get just as excited to talk to someone like you um, as you probably already like talked to, talk to me about it. So I appreciate you, you know, making time for me and inviting me on and I'm looking forward to having some fun. Awesome. Me too. Well, thanks. So I like to start these things way back at the beginning. You might have seen them when I asked you a few questions before, asked you a little bit about your family and where you grew up. So you grew up in Elkhart, Indiana. So I'm pronouncing that right. Yep. Yep. Nice. So I saw that it has a population of 52,000, which is much different from LA. How was it growing up in a smaller town living? Well, I, I'm very, I'm very grateful. That I got the opportunity to grow up in the Midwest. You know, I mean, um, the Midwest is a wonderful place. I think to grow up, there's a tight community. Um, I knew my all my neighbors. My parents were friendly with with you know a lot from the community. They were actively involved in the community. Small community like that, people get to know each other, and there's good and bad about that, right? Like everyone knows your business, but at the same time, like people want to help each other out and are there for each other. We're like in a big city, like Los Angeles, you know. It's like no one really, it's big and there's a lot of people and like there's not a sense of community. And I think, you know, the, the, my character and values and work ethic and all that stuff kind of that made me who I am today, like really was formulated by growing up in the Midwest. But for me, growing up in Indiana, a small town, I always had sort of like, I always felt like I was missing out on something. Um, and I didn't know where I wanted to be, but Southern California just always seemed to lure me to it. And the second I got a chance to move here, which is right after college, I took the opportunity and I came out here. And I, I left Southern California for about two years. I moved out to the East Coast, lived in New Jersey, um, but I quickly came back here. And I've been here for the last 15 years and 
you know, for everything that's wrong with LA and there's a lot of things wrong with LA, um, uh, there's a lot of great things about LA. I'm probably the only place I've ever lived in my life that I feel like I'm myself. I can truly be, be myself here. That's awesome. I think there's definitely, I, I lived in a really small town in France for a summer and it was in the French Alps and all the kids like played together on the playground and all the parents knew each other and the school was so small. And I grew up outside DC. So I was used to like a bigger city and everyone was always like, don't you miss having like all these restaurants and being able to go shopping? And I was like, yeah, I mean, there's really great things about living in a big city, but at the same time, small town living can be really nice, especially growing up. So you are the oldest of five boys. You did you just have like the big house on the block that had a bunch of kids running around? What was it like growing up in the Everest household? Yeah, well, so my parents are kind of um, self-made. They, uh, my dad is an entrepreneur. He's never worked for anybody else but himself. I think he he did a brief stint working for his dad, my grandpa, who owned um, a bunch of pizza restaurants. Um, so when I was a kid growing up, we had a lot of pizza. I'm surprised I'm not very overweight because we ate a lot of pizza growing up but my dad ended up getting out of that business and getting into manufacturing so i grew up basically you know watching my dad uh, build companies and i don't think i fully understood how hard it is and how much sacrifice he was making but you know my mom and dad were you know catholic and pretty devoted and you know catholic families tend to have more children i think and my mom really wanted a girl and she tried five times and you know she got five boys, so we ended up getting a cat that was a, a, a female. But you know, it was wonderful to be honest with you. I mean, I don't, I don't know life any differently. Um, you know, it was like every like two years, it was like my parents were like, "All right, we're having another one." And, and all my brothers are so uh, interesting, unique, and different. Like, we're, there's none of us that are like identical. Like, even if you line us all up, like we don't really all look alike, and um, we all have different interests. And like, that's made it very our. our our family get-togethers today are very rich because of it. Um, there's a lot of laughing, a lot of conversations, a lot of learning. One of my brothers actually lives in DC with his girlfriend. Um, so it's really cool to have a family that you're close with, but also like, you know, we're all on our own doing things and, and it's really fun to watch that. Yeah, that's really awesome. I'm actually one of five too, and I'm the oldest. Are you? Okay. Yeah, so I, I get that. I That's why I asked because I think growing up in a big family to me I mean you've learned so much from it and it's fun I don't know how my parents did it I always am like I don't think I could ever have five kids but I loved having (laughs) awesome and so you kind of had this entrepreneurial spirit ever since you were little you said you started your first business when you were 12 yeah I, I mean it's not like I woke up one day like I'm starting a business it just kind of happened like I just always been kind of a hard worker um, I've sort of inherited, I think those qualities from my dad, my dad just has a strong work ethic. Um, and I think those are just sort of like genetically placed inside me. And, um, I just, from a young age, I enjoyed being outside mowing, mowing lawns. I was obsessed with like straight lines in the grass and like hedging around, like, you know, the landscaping and blowing the driveway. I just enjoyed that stuff where most kids, you know, would run, run as far away if their parents asked them to mow the grass, if they did, it would do a sloppy job. Like I took pride in that. And a neighbor one time asked me if I wanted to mow their grass when they were away from on holiday and they said to pay me. And, you know, it was my first taste of making some money and getting some cold hard cash. And, you know, at, at a young age like that, like having cash and 
um, was a motivating factor. Like, well, let me, I want to do this again. And I just kind of created this business and I started learning, you know, how to like sell, sell myself and my services and, and, you know, how to manage money and like, you know, and that just gave me this taste for that life. And, um, so I think for me, like, it's just the entrepreneurial spirit is just kind of in me and hard work ethic is also kind of in me. And just like my curiosity for like doing, trying new things. And that's sort of just like my whole life, like started mowing lawns. Then I started designing websites in college. Then I got out of college. was still designing websites. Um, got hired at companies. I think like, my my drive was so strong that i'd often finish my work like for the company like within two hours of being there and i had six seven hours left there and so it was like well, what do i want to do to fill this time and like i think about like you know com- like ideas like how to like i start my own company and like what would i want to do and that led to the genesis of some other companies i've started so i'm just one of these people i can't really work for anybody else it's like my dad i have to just kind of work for myself yeah no i definitely I've never, I haven't worked a nine to five job. I mean, I'm only 25, so maybe that's going to come. Um, but I feel the same way that I just, I always have a lot of ideas, but that is amazing that you have that work ethic. Cause I think that's one of the hardest things. A, like a good idea costs like a dollar, but a good idea that's well worth, like we work hard on a good idea and you actually make it happen is worth a million dollars. So that's awesome that you got to learn that from your dad. Do you think there's anything else that you learned from him from being a serial entrepreneur? Um, I mean, I've learned a lot of this from my father, I mean, and my mother. I mean, both of them, uh, my, where my dad was like the hard worker and like, you know, out trying to make it for our family. Like my mom was the one that was like nurturing us at home and like, you know, making sure that we did our homework and like coming to the dinner table. We always had to have dinner as a family every night. You know, that was like a must. And like, my dad would often drive us to school in the mornings and that's when he would like impart wisdom on us. So like I learned a lot of lessons from my, from my, my mom and my dad, but I think really just like strong work ethic. Don't quit things just because they get hard, you know, see them through. It was always something we played sports as a family. My parents would never let us quit a team that we didn't like. We had to finish the season, you know? And like, those are like, those are like, it's, it's more than just like playing a sport. It's like learning how to like work with other people. It's like learning how to manage your emotions. It's like learning how to like, you know, get along. Like it's like all these lessons, you know, that are wrapped up. And I think my parents knew that I didn't know though there was lessons at that time. And it's not till like later on in life. I'm like, Oh, I get it. I'm glad they made me do that stuff. You know, even though I hated it at the time. Um, cause in life, like, you know, particularly when you're starting a business, like it's hard. Like when people get to go home from a nine to five job at the end of the day, like they can check out, like we don't, you know, we're constantly thinking about this. We're constantly, you know, checked in and that's mentally very taxing so i'm glad i had those opportunities early on in life and my parents put us through to like prepare me for like later in life yeah i think that's really key and having that i mean having your parents have that in the back of your mind because i think not everybody had that those sort of parents to look up to and i think that you knowing that work ethic is perfect for taking you even farther and obviously you've done an incredible job of making it business that made, I think like $8 million in your first few years or maybe first year. I think I have that right. With fives. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really tell people our revenues, but you're, uh, you're, you're not far away. Okay. I think I saw it somewhere, but I couldn't remember exactly, but that is pretty impressive. So obviously your parents and your family life took you pretty far. So after you left Indiana, did you go to college in Indiana or? Yeah, I went to Purdue, which is based in West Lafayette, and I studied computer graphics technology. So basically, like computer design, Photoshop, 
uh, web design, that kind of stuff. Nice. And then you went to LA for a job. And is that when you started getting into Radpad or did you have another business before then? Yeah, so between college and uh, I, so I moved from um, uh, Indiana to San Diego. I spent about eight, six, eight months in San Diego. And then I got into a relationship and it just happened to be that he was in New Jersey. So I moved to New Jersey and I spent two years there. And then I was like, I don't like New Jersey. I didn't like, you know, sort of the, the cold winter months. I, there's a reason why I came to Southern California. And so I moved, moved to LA and I've been in LA ever since. That's been 15 years. But when I came to LA, what brought me here was MySpace. I was working as a product manager for MySpace. One of the funnest jobs I've ever had. It was just an incredible time to be at that company. I mean, most people probably listening to this probably either never use MySpace or never heard of it. Or, you know, if they have, it's like very nostalgic. Like I was there during like the good days, you know, like when I was in my early 20s. Um, and from there, I went to eHarmony. I was a product manager at eHarmony. Um, and then I started RadPad, um, and that was in 2013. And RadPad was a rental marketplace where you could sort of come on, find apartments, and like conduct the entire transaction. And then RadPad, um, we got to a big lawsuit with the competitor, and that sort of was a genesis of what I'm doing today with Vibes. For when you're working at MySpace and eHarmony, you said you didn't really love working for somebody else, but is there something that you learned, something else you learned from working for a, those big companies? Well, yeah, I mean, I think, I think, you know, my dad is unique where he, he, and maybe you are to an extent where you've never worked for anybody else, but I think my advice for, for anybody would like go work for another company um, because, you know, it's like playing, playing on a sports team. You know, I have to use that analogy. It's like, you know, there's so many things that you learn by being on a team. And when you're starting a company, you have to build that team. You're like the coach, right? Like, and um, it's a different perspective. And I think to, to be sort of in business, to be well-rounded, to understand what it's like to work at a company and what, you know, companies do that maybe you don't like, like their culture or their hiring practices or how they promote people. You know, if, if you've never had that chance to be part of an organization where you've had to go through that yourself as an employee, then what's that like when you're actually the employer trying to design this stuff, you know? So I think it's really great to have those experiences. I mean, you know, I, I've, I've learned about myself by working with other people, like what kind of people I work really well with. You know, um, what kind of people I don't work very well with, you know, what are environments and cultures that I want to be part of that like make me motivated to work that make me motivated to like give my talents, you know, um, how important culture is to a company. And so like, those are all things that by working for other companies, I've learned, you know, uh, and I've taken those back into the companies I've started. And I think I would have struggled a lot more and been not as good of a manager and as a, maybe a, a boss if, I didn't have those lessons first by working for other other bosses and other people. Yeah, definitely. A lot of our community members and even some people that we've had on the podcast, they started their business when they were still working their full-time job and were doing it as a side hustle. And some people are like, I wish I had more time to give to my business, but there's people that create really successful businesses outside of the nine to five and learn a lot along the way. So I was curious to see what you took from that. But Okay, so then you started RadPad and you're really excited about it, but ended up having being what I read as one of the most difficult years of your life with the legal issues. Um, is that when you really found CBD or did you already kind of have a self-care routine for yourself? Truthfully, like I had no self-care routine for myself. I mean, my self-care was like going to the gym, 
which has always been a big part of my, my life. I work out four or five, five, six days a week, sometimes seven days a week, like, you know, hanging out with my friends. Like I love, I enjoy good food and wine, but like, that's not really self-care. I would say like, you know, that was just things I enjoy doing. Um, self-care is like understanding like what I think, you know, uh, puts you in a bad mental state and will put you in a good mental state. And like, you know, understanding like if you're in a bad mental state, like how can you get yourself out of there? you know, um, and like how to take care of yourself so that you, you know, you, you just live a better existence. And so I never really thought about that stuff on like kind of an intimate level until RadPad when I was in, you know, litigation with our biggest competitor and it was very stressful. And, and like, um, I understood what anxiety was like for the first time in my life and what severe depression was like, um, you know, losing my company that I had spent four years building and had a big team and laying people off. Like, I mean, it was just a gross, ugly situation for me. And, um, at the end of the day, when it was over, like I was sort of left alone and I was by myself. I mean, my friends and family supported me and were there for me, but like at the end of the day, like I had to kind of work through this mentally of what happened. And, um, and so that's really when CBD came in my life. A friend of mine introduced me to CBD about three months before RadPad ended. We had dinner. He saw how upset I was and he just saw how like, I mean, just how, mentally bad I was and suggested CBD and I never heard of CBD, but I was so desperate for anything that would help me feel better. I went and bought some CBD oil and that, that experience changed my life because that's what I'm doing today, you know? And I never, ever, ever thought I'd be doing food and beverage or putting CBD into a beverage or thinking about wellness or thinking about balance in my life. But like all that stuff that happened sort of really made me have to think about this and face it because I was going through it and I had to figure it out myself and, and I'm, gr I'm grateful for that experience. Like I am so much happier today. I understand myself better today. I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm not good at. I know what makes me stressed out. I know what things to avoid. I know how to like manage people better. I just, my life is much better today. I'm a much more well-rounded person because of those experiences. Yeah, definitely. I think coming from like the worth that work ethic that you had with your family, I know for me, both of my parents are entrepreneurs and it was a lot about just like working really hard. And even today of like hustle culture and infinite productivity, I think a lot of times in the business world, it's like, you have to be working 24 seven. If you're one minute loss on your business is one minute loss forever. But I think what you're saying about taking better care of yourself, you're indirectly taking better care of your business because you're the person in charge. Like if you're not thinking well, you're not going to be working well if you're not getting enough sleep, like even on the back of the vibes bottle saying, slow down, sleep more, read books, walk every day. Um, that kind of stuff is important indirectly for your business too. I think, I think you're, you hit the nail on the head and whether you own a business or you work at a company and you're trying to move up the ladder, you're trying to get promoted, you're trying to, you know, uh, better your life. Like we all feel like, our lives are moving so much faster. And I think in a way we feel sort of out of control of our lives. And for me, like I just had sort of an exaggerated accelerated version out with my last company and then COVID came along and made us all stop. And I think, you know, I had the COVID experience with, with RadPad that stopped me dead in my tracks. It made me have to face how I was living my life and things that were important to me. And I realized to your point, like, like working like 24 seven, seven days a week is like driving me into the ground. It's not good for my mental health. And at the end of the day, like RadPad kind of was a failure, like in, in many ways, like it didn't, 
it didn't it didn't achieve what we wanted to achieve and yes there's a lot of learnings to take away from that but when it ended like and i learned a lot but at the end of the day like i didn't achieve what i wanted to achieve but yeah my mental health was like the worst it's ever been and could i have been in a stronger place mentally if i would have taken care of myself better and those are questions i asked myself after it ended and today i feel like i do think about that stuff very often i'm not going to put my business ahead of my mental health um, and I don't think anybody should, it's life is too short. Um, we're going to get stressed out. We're going to get anxious at times, but like, you know, is it really worth like working yourself up to the point where you're unhappy? You know, I, I, I don't think so. Definitely. Cause the whole reason, why are you, why do you have your business? Maybe you want to travel the world. Maybe you want to have a new car. Maybe you just want to not think about your rent at the end of the month. So if you're, working to have the ability to enjoy those things but you don't leave time to enjoy it then it's kind of all like for what so I think that's really important to share with everybody and I'm curious to hear more about so once you discovered CBD what took you from CBD to drinks well I started taking CBD oil and then it came in like a tincture and so for months I was like just putting stuff under my tongue and like I was doing it all day because for most people like you know, under 100 milligrams of CBD a day, it's not as, you know, it's like taking a Tylenol, right? Like if you go to take a Tylenol, it's like between 250 and 500 milligrams. So, you know, people take like five milligrams of CBD and like, I don't feel anything. Well, you didn't take enough, you know, and it depends on a lot of, a lot of other things. Like, you know, what is, you know, like, what is your body weight and like how stressed out and anxious are you? So like for me, I was taking CBD oil as like almost like medicine, putting it under my tongue and like, figuring out like what the optimal dose for me was to where it like worked. And so I was taking it all day long, but I didn't like the format. I didn't like putting, you know, this oil stuff under my tongue and it was, didn't taste great. And it was good on my hands. And like, I was embarrassed to like have anyone see me do this. Like, what are you doing? Um, and so it started letting me to, to think, you know, like what would be the best format to take this? And I thought, well, beverage, cause I drink it and like, I can, you know, like it's cool. And then like, but no one was really doing that. And so it kind of that led me down this path of like, could I do this? Like, could I put CBD into a beverage? Like what people wanted. And I don't consider myself an early adopter. I consider myself somebody who like kind of waits for the science and like everything to be proven first. But like with CBD, it just came into my life at an early stage. It worked for me. And I, I believed that it could help a lot of other people. And I thought beverage would be a great format that wouldn't be intimidating. Uh, like unlike some of the other formats like CBD oil um, because everyone drinks a beverage every day. And if it was great tasting and the packaging looked good, maybe it would give people confidence to try it. And so I think that's one of the things like, that I'm most excited with Vibes about is like, I think we're helping bring more people into this category because it's less intimidating. You know, you'll, you'll pick your bottle of Vibes with you somewhere, but you probably won't pull out your CBD oil like around your friends and put it on your tongue, but you'll drink Vibes, you know? So why can't mental health be something that we can openly discuss, you know? And to me, I look at vibes less as a CBD beverage, but more as a symbol of people trying to achieve balance in their lives. And a reminder, when you see that bottle of vibes, that it's not just CBD, but it's like, hey, I'm trying to be in a great mental place. You know, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be, trying to be calm and, and collected, you know? And sometimes you need a reminder, you know? And maybe that bottle of vibes can help you can help remind you that. That's where the manifesto comes from in the back to help people understand when they pick up our bottle, like, you know, we, we think we understand you because this is how we feel. This is, you know, what we've experienced. 
and like we're all in this together kind of thing. So I don't look at it as just a beverage. I look at it as sort of a, a symbol for mental health, just like a Red Bull is a symbol for energy. You know, um, if you see someone drinking a Red Bull, it probably tells you something about them. If you see someone drinking a Vibes, it probably tells you something the opposite about them, you know? Yeah, no, I definitely, I mean, when I first saw Vibes in the corner shop, I just thought it was a really pretty drink. And then I had coincidentally been talking with my doctor because I get really bad anxiety before I go to bed. And it's not something that I've always struggled with, but just with like everything going on and my long distance boyfriend lives in France and I can't see him because all the borders are closed. And it's been, I'm someone that's always tried to be independent and like don't depend on a boy, but it's hard not being allowed to see him. And I think it gets hard at night. That's when people tend to feel the most lonely. So when I, I originally was taking drop a dropper, but it was the same sort of thing that I didn't really like. I got like olive oil flavored. It was like, and it was fine, but it just like, it wasn't really enjoyable and I didn't want to take it. And then when I found vibes, I was like, this is perfect. It's so nice. So easy. It tastes amazing. So my roommate and I, we always go to the shop. It's like we're home one night and we want to just relax. And uh, it's been really nice. So I totally, I mean, what, exactly what you said is exactly how I feel about it. So I mean, well, it's amazing and it's coming through. I really appreciate that. And like, just so you know, I'm in a long distance relationship too uh, with a South African. I actually just got back from South Africa, but very similar situation to your end. Like South Africa wouldn't allow Americans to come in until December and Americans have essentially banned South Africans right now. So it's made dating hard. So I, I sympathize with you because I have those same long distance challenges, you know, and, um, but just stick with it and, you know, it'll, it will get over soon. And thank God we have Skype and, or like, you know, Zoom or whatever and FaceTime because that, that helps a lot. So yeah. I'm glad your vibes can help a little bit. Me too. And that's, that's so nice. I'm glad you got to see your boyfriend at least not that long ago. Is, can you still go back and see him right now? Or yeah, the good, So the good news is, is in South Africa, they're allowing Americans or essentially anybody to come in with a COVID test. Um, the, just, the challenge is it's just so far away. And so I can't just pop on a plane and be there in a couple hours. It's literally like a 34 hour trip. But so I go there for like two, three weeks. I just got back a week ago. Now, you know, my heart is full again, but like I'm going to try to see him again in May. And so, but it's hard. Like, you know, it's not ideal. And, um, but I, I do sympathize with you, but just hang in there and, and I'm sure soon you'll see him again. Yeah, thank you. That means a lot. And you too. I mean, it sounds like it's nice that you just got to see him, but I know it's not easy. So I'm sympathizing with you too. And I'm sure we'll all be able to be back together soon. So yeah, you will be. <laughs> we will get there. So you got to the beverage and you didn't know anything about like producing a beverage or getting it out to different retailers. And I know that you went to smaller retailers first and that was something that helped you get into bigger retailers. But what was kind of going through your mind when you started this? Did you have to go out for a lot of help? Yeah, I mean, I didn't know anything about food and beverage other than I enjoyed drinking food and beverages. Um, I, had a, I have a friend that's a very successful beverage entrepreneur in the kombucha space. Um, he was, I was fortunate enough to get some time with him. And really it was kind of like you're doing with me. It was just like interviewing him about his story. Like, how did you get started? How did you get going? It was, you know, there was questions in there. Like, how did you, how do you make a beverage? Like, how do you get it into a store? Like, but it was more along the lines of like, how did you get into this space? Like what made you get in this space? Like, and, and his response is like reassured me that I was doing it for the right reasons. And 
that was thinking about this right. But it was it really came down to, you know, finding someone that could take my vision for what I saw vibes as a flavor profile, um, low cal, low sugar, healthy um, tasting beverage that had CBD in it. How do we get CBD in it? Um, and sort of bring all those components together. And um, I found a flavor house here in Los Angeles that works, the flavor scientists that work with people like me to bring our sort of flavored beverages to life. Um, I found a company out of Colorado that was taking CBD and making it a water soluble format, which was very early on. So back when I got into this, that was one of the hardest challenges. How do you take the cannabinoid and get into a beverage where it's not suspended in oil? You know, um, imagine putting like CBD oil into a beverage, it float to the top, it'd be gross. So how do we get that to dissolve and emulsify? And, and that was a big scientific challenge. And then it was just like, you know, packaging, which was very important to me. Like, what is the, what is the, what is the first impression when someone sees us in a, in a store? And what was really cool about Vibes is that no one was doing CV and beverages. So I sort of got to create it on my own. I didn't, I couldn't look at what someone else had done and say, okay, this is what they done. I think I can do it better. I, could, I would do it differently this way. It was like nothing existed. And that was exciting and scary. Scary in a sense, like, well, maybe it doesn't exist because no one wants it. And if I do this, like, it's not going to be successful. Um, but on the other hand, I was like, I know this worked. I believe in beverage and I think I can do this. And that sort of propelled me to keep going. And I met a guy named Steve Ryan Muth out of uh, Oakland and really great packaging designer. And we met and talked about my vision for the, the packaging, the brand. He took that and created what you see today with the label and, the, and the, just the image of the brand. Um, and that put it into the market. And my first, the first thing I did was I made a list of 30 stores in Los Angeles that I considered very influential stores, coffee shops, natural food stores, gyms, places where if somebody saw my beverage, they'd stop and look at it. And then once they realized it was CBD, because there was a lot of like, is CBD going to make me high? Like, what is CBD? And I knew by putting it in certain places, like it would help reassure people it was okay for them. And I was very deliberate and we still have been very deliberate about like where vibes is found because that experience of discovering us for the first time is, is really profound for, 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 for the brand. And, you know, so that, that was something that we really worked hard on and that helped the brand get traction because suddenly like people that are like celebrities were finding vibes in a coffee shop that they'd go to and they're posting about it. You know, and you couldn't find it in Whole Foods. So people are like, well, what is this? I need this. Like, where do you get it? Oh, you can't get it. Like, it's hard to find. Well, that means that means people want even more. You know, we came out, the price point was $8. And I was like, $8 for a beverage? Like, that's insane. Like, what's in that beverage that makes it worth $8? Like, you know, and a lot of stores would be like, even here in LA and like bougie areas like Melrose Avenue would be like, I'm not going to sell that beverage for $8. I'm like, well, you're selling a latte for 12. Like, why won't you sell this for eight? Well, like, so we had to convince a lot of stores that to take a risk on us. And fortunately, people like yourself understood it. They saw the product, they got it, the packaging resonated, they understood CBD, um, and that helped us get that some of that early traction. So there's a lot of things that we did or that I did that were like very deliberate early on that just luckily for us worked. And being first to market really helped propel us uh, to the front of the line. Uh, and now there's a lot of competition in the space. But Vibes continues at, uh, to be one of the top selling beverages because we had that head start, because we kind of got to define the category. And now everyone else is kind of like copying us or taking inspiration from us, you know, which is fine, but like um, it's helped us get traction. Have you had to change the way you do things? 
having other competition in the space. I know you've gotten some new flavors across the years, but. One of the biggest things that competitions help us do is um, I, I, you know, when you're the only person doing something, like you're just the only person doing them, you know, but when two or three more people come do it and you're, they're trying to catch you, you know, it's kind of like there's an incentive for them because, you know, um, it's like everyone wants to tear down and be number one. So um, we always, we don't look at ourselves as number one. We see ourselves as the underdog. And by having that spirit and that mentality in our culture, like we don't, we, you know, we're, we're constantly striving to improve the product, our packaging, our flavor profiles, our ingredients. Um, I've iterated on all the flavors over and over and over again. I'm getting better ingredients, sourcing better materials. We've updated the packaging five or six times. Um, you know, I'm constantly, it's not like we just made the beverage I put out there and it's like, what's next? It's like, we're constantly trying to improve the product for our customers. And if you've drank in, uh, vibes or bought it for a while, you should see that. Competition has been good to help keep us on our game and, and keep us hungry to, to be focused on improving the product. Um, it's also helped us bring the price down, you know, when there's other people in the category selling it for half the price we are, even though they're, you know, less than half the amount of CBD as us, you know, it's forced us to say, how do we bring down our prices so we can bring down our retail costs, you know? And we still consider ourselves a premium product. And I think there's people that will pay a premium for the premium beverage, but like, you know, I realize 7.99 is not sustainable for a person to drink vibes every day. You know, you'd be spending almost $50, $60 a week on a beverage and that's not sustainable for most people. So how do we bring down the cost of beverage while trying to help people live healthier, better lives, you know, which is our mission. So um, competitions helped us bring down our price. So competition's good, but there's to an extent a little bit getting out too much competition. And I think that has a lot to do with the fact that CBD continues to be unregulated. And as an industry leader, we're pushing for regulation because we think that'll be good for the industry. It'll protect consumers more, it'll develop standards, um, dosage require standards, testing requirements, that kind of stuff. So um, as a leader, we're trying to instill these values in the category that we want other companies to follow along because we're doing it because consumers are starting to expect it, like lab testing, dosage testing, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I speak that's on your website, you guys have your labs readily available for people to see. Is that something that you always had? Was that a foundation of vibes or is it something that you came to add in? So when I first started vibes, I didn't have it because I didn't know there were labs that were testing cannabinoids. But one of the things when we started manufacturing vibes, the first time we ever manufacture it, I was very concerned that like, how do I know that the CBD we put into this product is actually in the bottle? I was very curious. Like, I want to make sure there's 25 milligrams in our beverage. And like, I found a lab that started testing. And once I got the results and realized like we were off, like it wasn't, it was like, we like, I think it tested for like 18, 19 milligrams. Like, well, wait a minute. Like we're, we're putting 25 in here. Like, why is there not 25 in here? And like that led us to figuring out that there's issues during the manufacturing process where it was affecting the amount of CBD in there. And I thought to myself, well, can I imagine if a customer drank my beverage and then like we're paying for 25, but only getting 18. So like, it, we, we really, I really went all in. I'm trying to solve this problem. Fortunately, we've gotten much better at it. When we test five today, it's coming in almost at 25. But um, I just said to myself, how do I instill trust in this? How do I know people will trust the beverage? The only way to have trust is if I have it independently tested and I give them, I give them, I give them the labs that I'm getting. And I test it not just for potency, but all these other things. And so we, we started doing that. And we noticed that others started doing it too. And we had to start educating consumers. 
Like you should be looking for lab tests. You should be demanding lab reports. And if you're not like, be careful about what you're putting in your body because you're putting in cannabinoids. They're doing something in your body. Um, so, so we didn't, I didn't do it initially, but I started doing it within about four to five months of launching the company. And now every batch of eyes we make is lab tested within a week. Those, were, those, those labs are posted on our website and anyone can come and download them at any time. It's really awesome. I really love that. I think because it is in the wellness sphere, it isn't supplements, like everything isn't really regulated. So it can be kind of, it can be hard as a consumer to walk into a health food store and see like five versions of vitamin D and not know which one is actually the best for you. Or maybe I, I really need vitamin D. So I think the same goes for CBD. Yeah, absolutely. So creating this incredible product is definitely a good way to bring people to it. But do you have anything else that really helped your sales? I know you kind of went into being in smaller retailers, but for like branding, did you hire, you said you hired the graphic designer or like building your email list, Instagram, is there anything that you really contribute to your sales growing? I credit the success of Vibes. Um, our early success was three things. Timing. I had no idea that CBD was about to explode in America about eight, nine months after I launched Vibes. Like everyone was talking about CBD. Everyone was curious about it. Everyone wanted to try it. Not everyone, but a lot of, enough people that really boost our sales. Um, packaging, um, making sure like really kind of getting, we came out with something that hadn't been seen really before in, a, in the beverage aisle a paper label that's not glossy, that doesn't have all these images and logos on it, um, big flashing logos. It was almost like, it was like medicinal, right? Like it was very simple, minimal. It wasn't um, loud, but that's also not CBD. CBD is not a loud uh, ingredient. It's not caffeine. Um, you know, it's subtle. And so the packaging to reflect that. So right time, right place. And I think the other thing that we did was our obsession with where you found it, you know, really, it was like we knew where we wanted to be seen. We knew where we didn't want to be seen. And we really built that into the brand. And the packaging, I think, was designed in such a way that, like, attracted people. I always said people with taste. You know, people that didn't have taste when we first saw buyers were like, what is this? Like, this looks like you made it on your home printer. You know, it's so simple. It almost makes me uncomfortable, you know. And But then there was the tastemakers who were, like, people that were creating culture that were like, oh my gosh, like, this is so effing cool. Like, I, like who made this? Like, I mean, I had celebrities DMing me on Instagram. Like I found your beverage, like Halsey, for example. And, and like, I want to meet you. And I'm like, what? Just because my packaging and the beverage was crazy. Um, but it was because we had a unique point of view that hadn't seen before and people appreciated that. And then people then I think that were on the fence about our packaging once it became, once it was like the gatekeepers kind of blessed it, then it was like, oh, I guess it is cool. Okay, I, I, it is cool, like, you know? But initially it wasn't like that. We had a lot of store buyers that were like, what the hell is this? Like, are you gonna change the label? You know, like, this makes me uncomfortable. We're like, just give it time. Yeah, it's so crazy. I feel like, I mean, it's like anytime there's a new update or like an app changes, like how it looks, people are like, oh, I hate the way this looks. Cause I think we are comfortable with what we know. And maybe I just, I mean, I don't know if I, I love, love the packaging and maybe I was probably influenced from seeing it in a store that I trust and go to all the time. So I was more readily accepting of it, but that's so crazy. Do you have any other experiences that cool experiences that you could share that you've experienced from starting vibes? 
I mean, you know, like there was, uh, I don't want to, I mean, I'm based in LA, it's celebrity culture here. I'm in the middle of Hollywood. Like, you know, we're, we saw a lot of places that, you know, celebrities who are going out getting coffee, they shop, you know, they, they come across our product. And so it's always cool when a celebrity, you know, uh, drinks our beverages. This past weekend, Justin Bieber was drinking one of them. You know, Halsey drinks some, uh, I mean, a lot of people. But what makes me the most excited about Vibes and things that touches me the most are the stories I get from customers that reach out to us and tell us like they found Vibes. It's helped them with their stress and anxiety and like they swear by it. And it's almost like overwhelming because, you know, we, we're proud of what we make. We know it helps people, but like to get the stories and have somebody like take the time to email you. We've even had people write us letters. I received a letter in the mail three weeks ago, right before I went to South Africa. It was a handwritten letter, it was addressed to Vibes. There's an address in the back of our bottle and someone had mailed a letter from Santa Barbara and it's basically opened it up, it's a handwritten letter and it said, I found your beverage and they told us the name of the store and I read the back of it and I read what you wrote about sleeping more, slowing down, read books, walk every day, be kind. And they're just like, I, it touched me so much. I had to write to you and tell you thank you because I needed to hear those. And like, it's good to know that there's brands in the world that like think about this stuff. And like, I mean, to think that someone took the time to write a card, look up your address and mail it, it was just like, wow, that's humbling, you know? And that happens, it's happening a lot. And we know we're making something special. We know there's something here that's, that's, that's attracting people. But I think it's because, you know, we're, this isn't just about making money for us. This is about like helping people's health. And that's a part of this company that like makes motivates me when times are tough and we've had tough times like with COVID and things like that. It's, it's, it's these, these stories are what get, keep me going. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's so powerful and that's really amazing that they wrote me that letter. I think that's just must've been so heartwarming for you, especially like you were saying in the beginning, your product is your baby and having somebody love it that much after all the work you put into it definitely means a lot. You talk a lot about the importance of like self-love and taking care of yourself, but how do you teach that to yourself? I think sometimes do you have anything in your daily routine that you always do to help yourself? Because I know some people know what to do, but they struggle to actually do it. I think you have to learn about yourself, what things trigger stress and anxiety. And you have to be acutely aware of that. And once you're aware of what triggers it, then you can do things to, to, to mitigate those triggers. For example, like I would often get stressed out when I get too many emails because I'd feel like, you know, and in a typical day I could get 80 to hundred emails. And like why I get stressed about that is because I'm one of these people who feels like I have to respond to everything. You know, I've got to clean out my, got to keep my inbox clean. But I'm also one of these people that like, I'm my best when I have time to think. I'm my best when I'm like not feeling like I have to like rush through things to get it done so I can like think. Like I need that space to think. That's how I'm like, I'm creative, I'm innovative. I'm like, like you're working through challenges in my head. But when I have to like spend six hours of my day answering emails, that stresses me out. And then I'm stressed and I don't think clearly, I'm not creative. So like I've had, I've learned about myself that too many emails stress me out. So like, how do I like manage that with also managing this, this desire to keep my inbox clean, you know, and down to zero and get back to people. And I've just had to learn that like, you know what, like slow down and like take your time to think things through. And oftentimes like when people email you, like they don't need a response back right away. And if they expect a response back right away, well, that's their problem, not mine, you know? And um, 
I've had to just like learn to like not care so much about doing what's better for other people, but like doing what's in the best interest to me and my company because I have employees and if I'm not performing well, that can affect them, you know, and if they're not performing well, that can affect all of us. So like, um, it's really just being aware of what those things are that make you stressed out, anxious, and then trying to like do things that, that, that help you and, you know, uh, becoming, becoming stressed and anxious. It's easier said than done. It's easy to sit here and say that it's harder to do that in real life. I think COVID though has given everyone the time to slow down. And I think it's given everyone the time to realize like, whoa, like I have a number of friends who are like, like me, very ambitious, motivated, hardworking. And like, they were, they told me like, we've had deep conversations through these last couple months of COVID. And they've said like, I don't want to go back to living my life the way I was living it. Like, I want to slow down. Like, I want to have more free time. I want to have more enjoyment time. I want to watch sunsets, you know, like, I don't want those to be luxuries. Those should be part of my days. And like, I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful that we can all take away from COVID something because we all experience it together. And, you know, I think we all are feeling a little burnt out pre-COVID. It's definitely something that nobody asked for, but some of us needed, maybe everybody. Um, I have had the same experience with a lot of my friends who never worked from home because I just, I was just a freelancer and I was working from home all the time. But people, once they started working from home and my roommate went to the office for the first time a, a few weeks ago when she was like, wow, I honestly <laughs> like some things about working from home. I was complaining about it, but now that I'm back, I'm kind of like my boss is hanging over my shoulder and I feel like I always have to be doing something. Like I can't take a break. And it was interesting. I think the as we slowly move back into what was pre-COVID, we're gonna, I think, have to make a lot of adjustments. But I have just a few more questions for you. We are, I think we only have about 10 minutes left and this has flown by for me. But I wanted to ask you what you what your plans are for vibes in this year, if you have any goals. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you asked because I'm excited to talk about this because what vibes are is a CBD beverage or a beverage where we're using CBD as a functional wellness ingredient. Um, we never, I've never seen vibes as just a CBD company. Um, I've seen vibes as a as a brand that stands for something, mental health, and uses plant-derived ingredients that are clinically proven to better people's health. And so CBD is one of those ingredients. We built a brand on that. But um, I'm excited to share that we're getting ready to launch a new beverage. It's, it's going to be under the Vibes name. It will be sparkling um, where our CBD beverage is flat. It'll be in a different bottle, but it won't have CBD in it. It will have some different functional adaptogens, uh, we call them. Um, and I know that consumers don't all know what adaptogens are right now, but they're essentially ingredients that are, that are clinically proven to help your body adapt to manage stress. And we're, we're going to bring this to market. Um, I'm, I'm nervous about it because I want it to do well and I'm hopeful people will like it because um, it is a different beverage. But I'm excited about it because it's using ingredients that I've been taking for a while that work for me. And like our CBD line, I'm excited to see what people think about it. So Vibes is sort of more, this year is a, a year where Vibes is going from kind of like a baby to like kind of like a, a preteen where, you know, we're not just a CBD brand anymore. We're a brand um, that's, that's, that's focused on mental health and using different types of cannabinoids and adaptogens to help people live healthier daily lives. So you're going to see something new coming from us. Okay, I'm excited. I 
like kind of dipped my toes a little bit into adaptogens. I took like ashwagandha Unda before I went to bed for a period of time. Um, I have like holy basil tea that I drink, but I'm excited to see what you guys are going to release and to try the sparkling drink because that I think a lot of people are looking for ways to heal in a time that people feel attacked from every angle. So I'm excited for sparkling and I think that's all the questions I have for you. So thanks so much, Jonathan. This was so awesome. I like, I'm still kind of in shock that I just got to talk to you for an hour and have my vibe sitting right next to me. I told my cashier before when I was buying this, I was like, I'm interviewing the guy who started vibes. And he was like, really? That's so cool. So well, please, next time you see him or her, please tell them how much we appreciate them selling our beverages. Um, and, um, you know, if they ever have any questions, whatever, you, can, you can share my information with them. They're welcome to reach out to me. But, you know, just as you decided you guys to talk to me, I was excited to talk to you. You asked a lot of great questions and I always like talking about vibes. So thanks for giving me an opportunity to do that. I will definitely tell him that. I'm sure he'll be really excited because he was really like he I was like leaving and he was like that's really awesome I'm so excited for you so I'll tell him that you guys want to say thanks and I'm sure he'll appreciate it but thanks for listening to this week's episode of Unstrictly Business want to learn more about how you can create a successful business of your own visit our website dowelldepartment.com do well D-E-P-T dot com. See you next week.